Hey, I'm Michael, online pastor at Silverdale Baptist Church, and I'm excited to welcome you to our podcast. Now, after you listen to this episode, I hope you'll stick around for just a moment. I'll be sharing about some resources we have for you, as well as a few things going on at Silverdale right now that we would love for you to be a part of. Now, I really hope this podcast is just what you need today to help you in your relationship with Jesus. Welcome to Pre-Service, a podcast all about preparing you for worship at Silverdale Baptist Church. My name is Michael. I'm with my friend Kevin, and we're glad to be together with you. Yeah, we are. Thank you for taking the time to listen, to join us. If you're watching us, thank you for that. We appreciate it. We hope that this is going to be a blessing to you. Um, We are here in the book of Hebrews. Our church family has been going through a long series over some period of time this year. And Michael, where are we at this point? That's a great question. That where is, are we? That is, we've made it to chapter it's 12, been, but, but how does that fit with all of the other been sermons? Incredible, it's been an incredible journey up to this point, too. Yes. You know, um, for those of you who may be newer, just a reminder to those of you that have been a part of this, uh, this is our fourth mini-series in the book of Hebrews. Uh, we're in the uh, second of four sermons going through chapters 12 and 13. Yep. And we would encourage you, if you have not heard our pastor's messages, go back, listen to that on podcast, watch the videos and and spend some time. It'll take you some time, but spend the time. It will be such a blessing to you Very well to get you it. up to this point. Tonight, we're going to be looking at verses four through 13 in chapter 12. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about suffering. Yeah. Yeah, it's it can be a very heavy topic. We we don't mean to make light in any way or or seem as though we're, you know, batting an eye at, at this idea of suffering. It's a concept for us to understand as believers in this particular context. So in this context, Michael, you and I have discussed that the author of Hebrews starts a whole section back around chapter 10. That's right. So chapter about 10, halfway, about halfway through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and he talks to us about persevering and enduring, um, not initially through suffering. That's not exactly where he is, but he's talking initially to these believers, these Jewish believers, uh, hence the name of Hebrews, and he is encouraging them in how they should live and endure and persevere in their faith because for them, they were enduring, as best we can tell, a social pressure, a, a set of social drivers to turn away from Jesus and turn back to Jewish tradition. So it's not exactly the kind of sin that you or I might have, but it certainly seems like it felt large to them. No, not not uh, the specific sin, but certainly we can feel the temptation to turn away from Jesus and turn towards other things, right? I mean, Absolutely. this is a real and present thing for us. And the author is encouraging them in chapter 10 not to do that, to hold on, to hold fast. And then as he comes into chapter 11, he gives a number of wonderful examples yes. of what that looked like from the Old Testament. We talked about a number of just amazing stories. And really, when I say amazing stories, these are these are not larger than life people. These are people who mm-hmm. had sin problems all their own. Oh. But God used them. God matured them. God punished them along the way. God helped them along the way. And they held fast. They persevered. And it's it's impressive to me that when the author of Hebrews goes back to use those stories as a matter of encouragement and, and as an example by which the believers can model their behavior off of some of these, we look back to the Old Testament and we see some of these stories and we're like, 
Well, that isn't what I took away. If I only went and read it in the Old Testament, I don't know that I would have taken away from it that this person did this by faith because some pieces of the story might stand out different to, differently to me. But when we get into chapter 11 of Hebrews, we find what God says about people's lives and how he commended, how he blessed and, and saw in the person that their driver, their motivation, what they were focused on was their faith in him. Not the size of their faith, but the fact that he was the object of their faith. That's exactly right. And so then when we come to chapter 12, he says, therefore, since we're surrounded by this amazing cloud of witnesses is what verse one says, let's lay aside this weight, this sin, which clings so closely and again, run to Jesus, draw near, hold fast, come to him, consider him. He calls him the, the founder and perfecter of our faith. And then as we come to our verses tonight, the author builds upon that. He continues yes. to just encourage them as they're struggling to go back, as they're struggling to turn away from Jesus. Let me ask you, and I talked about this. Obviously, I'm sorry for you all. Sometimes we have conversations outside of camera range that you all don't get to be a part of. So there are things that we know, and, and we're glad that you're here to share. So as we look at this in verse 4, and he's talking about them struggling against sin— that's a weighty topic for me personally, and maybe for you or or you out there. If I'm all alone and I'm thinking about my struggle in sin, it's one thing. But the way he makes the point to them after coming <laughs> from, from, you know, here's Jesus, right? He, I've already given you multiple examples in chapter 11. Let me take you to Jesus. And, I'll give you, and then he comes into verse... It, chapter 12, verse 4. I can't help but read it like this. It's like, Kevin, keep in mind... Nobody's tried to saw you in half yet. Yes. I mean, looking yes. back to chapter 11. That's the that's end of chapter example. 11. Some of them were sawn in half. <laughs> yes. And then we have Jesus, and and he focused, Jesus focused, on the thing that mattered to him, right? He, he despised the shame that he had to endure, and yet he focused through that for our benefit. And now he's saying, now you as believers— nobody's done anything to you. Nobody, you're shedding your blood yet. Yes, yes. Yeah, and I think that sometimes— it's how it feels when it's an individual as a believer and I'm, I'm struggling and I look and I say, well, the discipline of the Lord, the thing that is going to move me as a matter of sanctification to being more Christ-like is I may have to accept that that thing that I like, that mm -hmm. that position that I want, that title, that that money, whatever it is, I may have to accept that that is not the thing by which God is going to bless me. And that doesn't mean he's not going to bless anybody with that thing. It just means that may not be my path in life. And I've got to accept that discipline. And I got to tell you, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I have to recognize that something isn't for me, it can feel like I'm suffering. I, it feels very personal and intense at times. Well, and you mentioned the word discipline, and that's where we're going. But before we get there, you know, he he is giving us a healthy dose of perspective. Yes. You know, consider what you're really dealing with here. It's hard. I get it. Yes. It's hard. But consider this. There are those who have suffered much worse than you have. Yes. And don't forget, continuing in this theme of healthy perspective, and don't forget the reason that God allows that suffering in your life in the first place. You're looking at verse five, he says, have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you? This is significant, as sons. Maybe, maybe highlight that or underline that in your Bible uh, and just hold on to that thought. This whole idea of an exhortation, it it, it carries with it... Um, this, yes, there is a, 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 a correct of rebuke or correction, yes. but there's also a mix of encouragement with that. 
because he calls us sons. And quoting from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 11 and 12, it says, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. Why? Verse 6, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves. And so when the Lord allows things mm-hmm. to come into our lives, when the Lord himself disciplines his yes. children. Now we're talking specifically to believers here in this. Yes, that is the that is a huge point to make. That's right. So when he does this, number one, he's validating your sonship. And that's a big deal. And that's where the encouragement yes. and the hope and the comfort comes from. The adoption. Yes. And, and he goes on in, in following verses to, to uh, give an example of parents disciplining their children why we do that as parents. Uh, yeah. Here, Jesus is, uh, the author is validating your, your sonship. And that is followed up by this idea that you have to endure. Yeah, and it's well, for discipline that you have to endure. Yeah, it's it's a matter that the this word, this idea of discipline, not as in being disciplined necessarily, but the idea of developing discipline comes through that endurance, right? And that idea of developing that that discipline being developed in me is part of what we consider sanctification. That That's right. I'm I'm learning to let go of things that my flesh cries out for. I'm learning to let go of things that my enemy, the accuser, tells me I want. I'm learning to let go of things that this world system says it values, and I should too if I watch any kind of a commercial, right? That's a level of discipline, learning that those things aren't truly of value to me, and the things that feel like they're important aren't necessarily important by comparison with eternity and the gift and the 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 treasure that the Lord has stored up for us. And, and we see here in verse 7, he says, God is treating you as sons. I, I love when you talked about earthly parents disciplining kids, because that does get into the imposing a discipline on somebody. And I love in verse 10 that he says, you know, we were disciplined by our earthly parents, uh, uh, for our, uh, I'm sorry, is that verse 10? Yeah, it's verse 10. There we go. Uh, as seemed best to them. That's they, right. They did the best they, they did knew, the right? the best they could with what they had. Brother, I'm right there. I'm like, yes, that, that's exactly right. I, and and God have mercy is all I can say. God have mercy on me and the family. That's, and so in looking at verse 9 going into that, I think it's helpful for us to see that that there is a proper response to discipline. You yes. Know, we, we have this this validation, this reminder, this healthy perspective that that he's disciplining those he loves, his children, his sons and daughters. Um, and what should our response to that be? Um, shall we not much more be subject to the Father of Spirits? Just as we would be subject to our parents, our earthly yeah. parents, those that, that bore us, the reason we have the physical bodies that look the way they do is because we are born from our yes. physical parents. Shall we not much more? much more yeah. be subject to the Father. So when when God disciplines us, when God, whether it's a correction or he is going through this um, discipling, yes. maturing, developing, I think is the word you used, yep. process, we need to subject ourselves to that. Yes. Yeah. Well, so how, right here he says, if it was your earthly parents, when they disciplined you, you respected them. Yeah. How much more what God is doing in us should we respect him? How much more should we submit ourselves, surrender ourselves in that process and show him respect rather than focusing on 
look what I lost. Look, look, you know, that's right. And I think that is what he's trying to get them to. You, you talked about that perspective to shift their perspective to this idea of I'm learning. I'm, I'm learning to take hold of who Christ is, what he is, and, and see that work out through my life. It shouldn't just be a thing that I believe. It should be a thing that affects how I live. So let's pause for a second and let's let's do a quick review. They're struggling with a temptation to go back to what is culturally acceptable. They they they, they see where there could be some maybe <laughs> some benefits in that, and the author is saying, "Don't do that. Jesus is better. Yes, Jesus is better. Hold fast. Persevere." Focus on Jesus. And by the way, it's not as bad as you think. Yes. Think about what they went through and consider why, as you're going through this, don't forget the the reason that God allows suffering. It's because he's doing a work in us. And we're going to talk about what that work is, or at least what this author talks about specifically in this passage in just a moment. So God is doing a work in us. So be subject to that, submit to that. And then we get down to the end of verse 10 that talks about the why, right? The why. So, so I see when I look at this two. Uh, the author brings out two specific. Yeah, they're one in verse together. 10 and one in verse 11. That's right. They're tied together. They're not separate, but he talks about two different, two specific things. Right. So he says, it's so that we may share his holiness. And then he makes a comment about discipline. And he says, but later. So that that verse 11, you know, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields. And this is what I, I love the peaceful fruit of righteousness. So when we consider some of the things that are going on in our lives and the way that we subjectively might see them, if we can keep the perspective that it's because I've been adopted into the family of God and he loves me as his child, it's because he's doing a work and the end result is that I will share in his holiness and the peaceful fruit of righteousness. That that's a big promise. You know, as we're as we're talking about this, this is not something we should try to work through in the midst of suffering. No. As no, we I, think about a, a proper Great response point. to suffering, uh, it's helpful to pull back and think about that when we're not going through it. Yes. So that we can maybe develop a theology around suffering, a, a, a perspective of the why we go through suffering. I mean, we're in a broken world. You know, we, we want yes. to acknowledge that, that, that this world is sinful and broken. And even as believers trying to live our lives by faith, we're going to run up against things that are just against us. Yes, We're going to run up against uh, problems with our bodies physically. You know, I'm wearing a knee brace right now on my right knee and and my left hip is not feeling so great either. We're going to run up against these things because we're in a broken world. We, we run into situations that, that seem negative. So we don't want to try and build that theological idea when we're struggling with those feelings. That's right. We want to take those moments where things might not feel so tight, so oppressive. Um, in those times, we just draw near to the Lord. In those times when we're going through that valley, we draw close to the Lord. We seek Him. That's but the peaceful fruit you were talking that, about. That's where we get where that we peaceful get to fruit. enjoy that peaceful fruit. It's nurtured. It's developed. 
in the quiet times. It's nurtured yes. and developed in the conversations yes. in, in Christian unity and fellowship. When you're, when you're discussing the Bible, when you're praying, when you're studying, when you're, you know, doing yes. the soap method we talk about and looking at the scripture, making observations and developing your theology. Well, and you have to take those truths in those moments of quiet time and, and you have to take the seed and plant it. It's got to be planted in your heart. It's, it's got to make a, you know, a sense to you. As you read through this, you've got to say, yes, I believe that. Because then when you walk through that valley, you have something there. You you have a foundation. You you have something that's beneficial to you. And you can endure. But in this case, you know, he's talking to them saying, hey, look, the problems you're walking through right now, the struggling with sin. He mentions that back up in four, right? Uh, you've not struggled yet to the point of shedding of your blood, but they have been struggling. Right. It's just not as bad as they may feel like it is. And I think that's a key. We've we've got to be able to take the value in those moments, realizing in context, this is not such an overbearing thing, but there are. There are some of those difficult things. There is shedding of blood. There are shedding of tears at times. He's just saying to them, right now, this is not your situation. Yeah. You need to take advantage of this discipline and you need to endure. You need to hold it close and, and learn this lesson. And it's good to know, it's good to know from, from looking at the scripture, it's good to know that the Lord is doing this so that we can share in his holiness, that he's doing this so that we can experience that peaceful fruit of righteousness. And so hopefully that's where you are right now, that this is a developmental time, that this is a quiet time for you as you're thinking through this concept. But if you are going through a period of suffering, I want you to pay close attention to verses 12 and 13 as we read and discuss them. It says, Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. You know, focus mm -hmm. on that phrase, be healed. You know, we, we live in a time right now, as I discussed, as we've discussed, that this is a broken world. Um, but we can experience that fruit and here's the thing, it's going to get better. Yes. So we live in this, this, this state of already not yet. We can experience right. this, this peaceful fruit, this growing in holiness and righteousness right now to a degree. But there's coming a day when we're going to be able to experience it in full, in complete, and it's going to be wonderful. So Thank that's God. where you are today, struggling. Lift your heads Lift your hands and strengthen your weak knees. God wants you to just come to him, give that over to him, find your peace in him, trust him in your suffering, allow him to be the good God that he is. And it says, make straight paths for your feet. Hey, listen, here's, you know, there's an allusion here to, to uh, Isaiah. Um, there is a path for us. The Bible says, this is the way. Walk in it. When you're tempted to look to the left and the right, focus ahead. Focus on what the truth of the word tells us about who God is and why God does what he does. And that will be what the Lord uses in, in, in large part to heal you, to help yes. you, to encourage you. Well, we do hope that this has been helpful to you as you're processing through suffering. Uh, we'd love to talk more, but our time has run out. So thank you so much for being a part of this tonight. And we do hope that 
this coming weekend or in the near future, you would be a part of one of our worship services. We have a number of opportunities on Saturday night, on Sunday throughout the greater Chattanooga area, and even a couple of opportunities online. You can find out details at our website. Yeah, so spend some time with the Lord in His Word this week and enjoy Him. Well, I hope this was helpful to you. If while listening, you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a sermon series called The Seven Commands of Christ. Jesus gave dozens of commands, and as followers of Jesus, we should obey all of them. Over the next several weeks, we are focusing on seven that will change your life. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses, or you can attend online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website. You know, there's so many ways for you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing here at Silverdale, and we really want you to feel welcome and a part. So please, stay connected. Be sure to like and follow us on the different social media accounts. You'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. And lastly, help us spread the word about this podcast. Take a moment to share this episode with your family and friends. Again, we appreciate you listening and hope you will join us again next time.